we were given the diagnosis at our 22-week scan. I suppose after that for us what changed was instead of this being a normal pregnancy where you're kind of counting down the days till the time of birth, uh, what gradually happened for us was this became a very special pregnancy where every day became a bonus. Um, and so that time, in a way, is immeasurable, um, the, the remainder of the pregnancy then. Um, you know, obviously there was a time for us getting used to this. Uh, you know, the, it's like an earthquake, you know, when it happens first. Um, somebody's just dropped a bomb in your life and, and the future you saw for your child is just, you know, obliterated. Um, but as you kind of emerge um, from that, you know, chaos and realize the reality that, okay, that, that the child I thought I had you know, that's not the case. But the child I do have, um, I have now. Uh, what we found then was as we progressed um, into the weeks and a couple of months left of the pregnancy, we found we started to really treasure um, every day of that time. So we, we had him then right up until 36 weeks when I went into labor. Labor kind of stopped and started over a few days because obviously it was very scary, uh, you know, experience to kind of, and I, I, I'm sure psychologically I was, you know, stalling and trying to psych myself up and, and then also, you know, just, just kind of having to think about it, having to prepare myself, having to just visualize, but also knowing that now the time is really short. Um, and so after he was born, the, the labor actually ended up being incredibly peaceful, incredibly peaceful. And uh, his birth, very, very peaceful as well. Uh, and he lived for 17 minutes after he was born. Uh, he died when my husband cut the cord. Uh, so, you know, so how much time, uh, one answer to that is 17 minutes. Another answer to that is immeasurable time and just incredible memories mm. um, and, and times of family being together, times of our kids and ourselves and the grandparents getting to be with John Paul, um, getting to hold him, uh, getting to say goodbye to him, getting to acknowledge him as one of us before letting him go. So that kind of time you can't measure. Tell us about that time, the scan, uh, around the 20-week mark, 22 weeks, I think you said, sure. um, when you were given the news. Okay. That, that terrible phrase that the medical profession used, because I suppose there's no better way of describing it, uh, that, that he had a condition that was incompatible with life. Yeah, and actually I would have to say they didn't use that phrase with me, and I'm very grateful for it. Um, the, the midwife I had, um, she was just, it was just a regular scan. And so she, I'd say within 30 seconds, spotted that, you know, all was not well. And she said, oh, folks, the news is not good. The news is not good. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm afraid this child, uh, you know, can't possibly survive outside of the womb. She said, now I'm going to have to go and get um, my superior to come and, you know, and, and you know, um, confirm this. And, but I can see already that there's a big problem and I'm so sorry. Um, and she was incredibly, incredibly compassionate. And so she left the room to go and get uh, the master of the scanning department. And we were like shell-shocked. It was, I suppose in my mind, what went through my mind was, what, what are we talking about? Are we talking about, you know, serious handicap for the rest of his life? Are we talking about... Um, you know, imminent death. Are we talking like you, you, did, know, you just didn't know? I mean, you'd, yeah, you'd walked in there expecting a scan, to, telling you, you know, that your baby was fine. And yeah, exactly, I just yeah. you know, it's, it's just like somebody put a bomb under us. Um, so then he came back and confirmed, uh, look, yeah, and, and told us the condition of our baby. I mean, he, he spent he spent a long time with us and went through it with us. Very, very. Um, he was he was both professional in the sense of giving us, making it very clear to us 
what the situation was, but also incredibly kind um, in the way he in the way he explained to us what was going on and what our options were, and and uh, just just telling us what the prognosis was for John Paul. So you know, the prognosis was there was no hope for him outside of the womb. Okay, he, he had what he had anencephaly. Anencephaly, yeah. yeah. And so that he, what what we went home knowing was that he we could possibly bring him to full term, and that possibly he would be born alive, but that he would die very soon after that. Mm. Um, and that it was also possible that he could die any time between now and then. You would have been given the same options that the women we spoke to last week uh, were telling us about, one of which is that you would go and seek a termination in Liverpool, sure. which is the destination uh, for, for many women in this situation. Sure. But you also have the option, as, as all women have the option, of continuing with the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Well, I think I'm one of the lucky ones, to be honest. I had known um, two women, actually, uh, one in England, a very dear friend, and one in America, um, who had had similar experiences. And I had seen videos of their little babies. I had seen photographs of their time together. I had seen posts you know, that they'd put up. I had spoken with them you know, um, about their time as a family, having gone through that experience of bringing their child um, you know, just just making the most of the time rather than going, you know, my child has no hope. Um, therefore, you, you know, just just that that they saw, okay, this is an opportunity. My child is alive now. My child has a life. It's so much shorter than what I would have hoped for, but it is life. Um, and so I was really, really touched by those stories. So for me, there was just no, um, there, there was no choice whatsoever. It just the other didn't even. Because I had seen this, I, I, mm. I knew what, that, that this child it, it has a story to tell. I, I was not afraid of the impact that this child could have on me because I knew that it could be, um, that you know, every child who comes into a family um, makes a difference to that family, is a challenge to their parents, you know, really um, brings out in you uh, resources that you never thought you had. And I suppose I realized watching these two women that this is no different. It's it's just more um, more condensed and more intensified. But that if this child is given to me, then I, as his mother, will have, you know, I also will have given to me what, what it needs okay. to be this child's mother. And that, you know, every child challenges us. Every child, you know, makes us grow and makes us develop a side to ourselves that we, talk- we never knew we had. And yeah. I, I just knew that that was what John Paul was going to do. And I'm so grateful that I knew that. I think, I suppose, the bit that really upsets me and, and many of us in One Day More, um, One Day More is, is a group that we have formed um, since then of parents like myself who, who just want people to know that this t- there's, there's a type of care that's available for women in, in these circumstances. And it's, it's really hopeful. Um, and it doesn't have to be a story just about loss. Mm. It's a story about life and loss. And uh, I suppose that, that's something we feel isn't really very well communicated. Um, it's not really being heard. Is that's it a case that b- because of the way that it's, it's portrayed as black and white, mm-hmm. that, that is, that's counterproductive in many ways? I, that I really do feel that that's right, yeah. I mean, you could make a film out of, you know, they're making films out of all sorts of different life stories, unusual situations, even just a snippet of a person's life. And you can make a very powerful story out of six months of a person's life. We've seen that in in film, uh, you know, in the film industry. So this is a life too, and it's a powerful story, and and, and it has a powerful impact on a family. Mm -hmm. And I can say as a mother, 
Um, and we can say as a family that this little boy, oh, it was horrible losing him. Of course it was horrible losing him. But having him was precious. And he had an incredible impact on me, on who I am. Um, and the way I've changed because of him, I'm like, I'm proud of him for that. Mm. I love him so dearly for that. And I feel I knew him. I feel I was privileged. I, I, know, I think it's fair to say, Kina, that everyone's journey is different. Um, and I know course. that you, you, you wouldn't want to sit in judgment on anybody else. No, but no. in many ways, would you understand the decision that others would make? Well, I, I know what it's like to be faced with just the, the unthinkable. Um, and and to just like I remember waking up the next morning and just my first instinct was oh I had the most horrendous nightmare and then oh, like a punch in the stomach it wasn't a nightmare and and there's no getting away from this like and so that instinct to run I so understand that the instinct that just you know how can I do this you know how can we make this go away so I fully fully understand that. I guess I feel that that's why it's so important that mm-hmm. at a time like that, you're so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. Um, and it, that's a time where, you know, I, I, I remember hearing one of the women from um, termination for medical reasons saying it's so important that um, the state wrap their arms around you at that time. And I so agree with that. It really is. And I felt we were really the lucky ones where because of the kind of care we received in, in the National Maternity Hospital, they did that. The hospital did that. T- tell me about that. that, because one of the arguments that has come out when this is being discussed is that we don't have proper perinatal hospice care. And, and you know what? What I would say is it is there. I, I would really call on the government and on hospitals to standardise it because not everybody had my experience, but it is there. I mean, I had extraordinary care. From, from that time, I, I told you about the scan. Well, the, the doctor, um, who was the master of the scanning department at the time, he invited us to come back um, a few weeks later and bring all our children um, so that they could effectively meet their brother. Um, and we did that. Four weeks later, we came back and, you know, he did his initial diagnostics and, you know, the, what he needed to do from a medical perspective. And then spent 45 minutes with us um, asking my children, you know, what do you want to see next? And just basically introducing their brother to them. Son saw evidence that he was a boy. And it, it, that, like, that, that's a moment in our family life that's one of the most precious moments. Like, okay. I, I wouldn't have had that. Uh, what, what would be uh, the same question that I would have asked last week? What would be your message to government uh, in how this and how women and their partners and indeed their families mm-hmm. who find themselves in that situation could be helped better based on your experience? Um, based on my experience, I suppose my message to the government would be, you know, just just look at it broadly. See what is the best type of care we can give to women and their families at this time. How can we help them through something? Um, how can we wrap our arms around them? and care for them and their babies and their families at this time and give them the best shot at healing, the best shot at recovery, the best shot at, you know, at getting to the other side peaceful. Um, the, I just think it's really important um, that, um, you know, although you'd never wish uh, this scenario on anybody, you know, you hope nobody will ever go through it. It's, you know, it, it is very painful. But unfortunately, there are other women who will find themselves in this scenario and who will find themselves facing, um, you know, a child with a terminal illness, facing being given that news of fatal fetal abnormality. And I I suppose I think it's really important that they know that there is this type of care available. Uh, There is, you know, a road actually more traveled. Um, There's there's many of us, there's websites, there's people to contact. One Day More is my group, but there, you know, there are other people who've been through this um, and there is this type of uh, perinatal hospice care, which I really feel is um, 
It's just such a wholesome and caring way forward for a woman in this scenario. And I think it's really important that women know that it exists, know that it's a possibility for them, and know to ask for it.